your hands together. Put 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 your hands together. now that's you nailed the shit out of it you clapped you did such a good job you did great hello hi hello great to see you awesome to see you hello hi hello Hello. welcome to the show hi how are you um guys what a night we're having this our first time taking put your hands together on the road give it up for yourselves for being our first audience not los angeles you fucking did it you brought us here what a weird also this is so strange i am uh I'm 31. I've never been... I've been to a lot of places because of uh, telling jokes into microphones, uh, but I've never been to San Francisco. Not not even... Not, not Well, maybe one time, but I was like... I think I was four or something. We were driving. I don't remember a lot about it, but... Um, I, this is not what I expected. <laughs> I don't know what I expected, but you grew up in Chicago. It does, when you show up in any place and there are palm trees, every time you're like, fuck, I got on the wrong plane. I'm in Florida. Like, it it doesn't feel like there are palm trees anywhere else. Do you know that? That that's a thing for me? Well, it is. Didn't expect there to be palm trees and your bridges are huge. Plus, where are those stupid trolleys? Why are you riding those? They look super cool. They look really cool. They're beautiful. Also, like, rickety. (laughs) Seemingly slow. And they appear to go between one block and also the next block. Just feels like you could take out the tracks and just kind of... Just go ahead and walk there. (laughs) Maybe not. You just maybe wouldn't have to even pay $2. Just some sort of... I don't know sort of urban green space, some sort of walkway. <laughs> hilarious. I even like went to school in Boston and there's like the T there, which is supposed to be, which is the part of the their uh, subway system is like supposed to be like, what a throwback! And then you come here and it uh, just the whole thing. What's that ride at Disney World where you like go in a submarine that doesn't really go anywhere? But you're like, this is cool, right? I don't know, am I having fun? That's what it feels like. Okay, but anyway... I do like it. I had a burrito. What else am I supposed to do while I'm here? Does anyone anyone else have any other suggestions? Drinking a Diet Coke, your regional favorite. (laughs) Any other San Francisco uh, suggestions? Things I need to do in the Bay Area? I leave tomorrow at noon. If you had this much time in your city, what would you do? You'd come here and see me. Well, that's interesting. (laughs) I live my whole fucking life doing that. Is there anything you guys would do? Is there anything? What'd you say? Smoke a doobie? Okay, is that really true? Is that what you should do, smoking a, a, a doobie? That's a cool way of saying that, smoke a doobie. No, yeah. I mean, they do have, you know, that's not necessarily just localized to San Francisco. <laughs> have you been other places? What if you had never been anywhere else and you were like, we have this thing? <laughs> 
and you get relaxed. I will tell you, it is relaxing. Uh, no, I've, I, I, yeah, they, they, they have that. Um, there's even some places where that's legal. You know what I'm saying? Not in this. Uh, well, no, yeah, actually, in literally the city I live in, in Los Angeles, you can you can get you can get that for uh, for medicinal and stuff. Is that true here too? Yeah. How I don't know this. It's the whole state. I don't have any sort of card yet. But it, but it does feel like a novelty that if you live in California, you should get that. Even if you don't need it. Just because then then you can, like, you could, like, weirdly drop it <laughs> as you're fumbling for, like, a license or something. Especially if you're pulled over by a police officer in another state. And you're like, what's the... Oh, license and registration. Well, oh, fuck! You know, like, and then... Just show off how it's legal for you to smoke marijuana to calm yourself down. Fantastic. <laughs> we had a great show tonight. Uh, I also had... I'm so happy to see you guys because... Well, we should also welcome to the stage. Uh, she is one of the... She's our stage... First of all, our producer, Ryan, right there, came with us to the show. Yeah. Ryan McMenamin. We co-produced the show, and then we also have an awesome stage manager, Rhea Butcher. She's also a hilarious comic. She's going to come up on the stage because she's traveling with us. Rhea, you should get up here. Get on up here, Rhea Butcher. Get on up here. Rhea Butcher, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hilarious. Uh, what have you noticed so far in San Francisco? It's fantastic. Uh, I did notice the trolleys. Yeah. It's like driving around. We totally old... smelled sourdough bread. We earlier. did. That was a thing. Smelled some sourdough. I was like, oh, with here. You know what I meant? I was like, yeah. I just was like, ooh, bread bowls. I, uh... I saw your famed The Rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the, not, you know, not the one not where you the can Dwayne smell Johnson. what he's cooking. But the, yeah, the other one. Place where you put the bad guys. Yeah. The Sean Connery's and the Nick Cage's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Will. Yeah. That's way closer than I thought it was. It's right there. It's right there. You could get off that easy. <laughs> you can do the breaststroke. Yeah, yeah. You, you can, can get out of all your the breaststroke. <laughs> that actually was my best uh, stroke when I was. I used to be a swimmer in like all the way through high. I was the captain of my swim team in high school, but not because I was a very good swimmer, but instead because I was very fun. <laughs> Super fun. Like I would, like I would just like the coach would be like, "Go do like twenty laps," and I would go, "Coach, I'm showering," you know. And then my whole swim team was like, "This girl's hilarious. Like she's terrible at swimming, but that's really funny." Did your coach always just slam a clipboard and yeah. go, "Esposito"? You know, so like, I'm sorry, coach. I'm cold. You know, and just say stuff like that. You know what, though? I wasn't the weak link of the captains on my football team. I mean, not... What? <laughs> what are we wasting time talking about swimming when you were the captain of the football I team? Was, <laughs> I wasn't the weak link, weak link captain on my swimming team because one of the other captains, one time she came to practice and she said, Guys, I need help. My car is stuck on a boulder. And we were like, what? <laughs> but then we went outside and there was like one... In front of the... Pl- oh, a decorative... Yes, there was, decorative like, one boulder. decorative boulder yes. in front of the pool just to be like, a pool, you know, like a, like that kind of boulder. Yeah, right. Like, oh, the pool's in here, and there was a decorative boulder that was not near the parking lot so much as 
the distance between Alcatraz <laughs> right, and the Bubblegum Shrimp Company, yeah. about that far apart. And she just was... I mean, the thing is, when you're in high school... You don't know what the hell you're doing. You, it, everything is so hard that, like, driving is just like, ah! And then you're in the backyard. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, don't exactly. even know what's going on. Yeah. So she had driven. She had been parking her car, and she just kept going, and she hopped a curb, drove for, I'm going to say, 20 feet, and then <laughs> drove up onto a boulder so that her car was, like, teeter-tottering. She had, like, a little Volkswagen Cabrio. And it was, it was, it was, I mean, there were no, there were, like, maybe one wheel was still on the ground, but most of it was not on the ground. And we just all went like, huh. But I swear to you, as we were standing there, the, this is why I maybe said the Freudian slip of football, the football team for the college that our pool was at walked past, and we had seen a lot of 80s movies, because of that's when we were children. And we said, football team, get over here and move this car! And you know what? That's exactly what they fucking did. I've seen that. Oh my God. I have seen that. I've seen a football team be like, hop, 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 hop. Ladies? Yeah. <laughs> we saw the worst person in the world on the plane today. Yes, we absolutely did. We've been trying to like tell other people about it, but it was, seems impossible to recapture like the the anguish that it was meeting this person. It, it was a living hell. Holy fucking shit! There was this dude who was okay. So there were two chicks, floozies. <laughs> Here's the thing: you keep saying floozies, but they were wearing like J Crew. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I did say that earlier, and then Ryan said, "Oh, J Cruzies," which is hilarious. So, that's hilarious. That's I feel hilarious. like that, that really paints the picture. Of yeah, they were J Cruzies. So. Bunch of J Cruzies. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> they had the old capris on. They they loafered. They really loafered their they way. They did. The they plane. had loafers. They were like. So they're sitting there, these two 24-year-old gals. Then on the aisle, there's like this 40-year-old dude yes. who's talking to these chicks. You know, like, I think they're, they're, maybe they're co-workers. Felt like they were co-workers. Yep, possible. So we're sitting in front of the dude. And then a woman comes on the plane, and she says to this guy, she's like, oh, you're in my seat. I think I'm here. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, sure. I mean, I'm in the window seat, but uh, I'm traveling with these ladies, so I'm just going to sit on the aisle. And then she said... Oh, um, you know what? Actually, I this is my seat. Want to sit on the aisle? So, if you wouldn't mind, like with that kind of just like honesty and care. <laughs> so, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to sit on the aisle. And then he said, "Sure, you can sit on the aisle. I'll scoot over, but I'm gonna yell across you the entire flight." <laughs> wait a minute. Wait for it. That's what he did. <laughs> It was a full threat. And they weren't even talking about anything. Like, they were like, business, whatever. But the whole time, like, all right, you're the girls. Yes. And then I'm like, wait, say something about, what, what did the girls say? Like, oh, my God, I love Heineken Light. <laughs> That's what they said. One of them said that. Wait, I'll be the other girl. Wait, for a second, we're both girls. Um, <laughs> but just right now. Yeah. One of them goes... That hot tub was too big. Oh, so big. That hot tub was too big. <laughs> but then this guy's over here, and he's like, oh, who's in that hot tub? Jeff? Hilarious. Yeah! Like, just yelling, like, not yelling anything. He's like, 
He, this is what he said. He's like, oh, I live in Marin, so I've got a sailboat out of Sausalito, and we're going to get in that. <laughs> like, he's talking about this in, like, a, in a loud voice. This is a tiny plane. We're actually who, talking quieter than they were talking. Who speaks... <laughs> Who speaks about Sausalito and sailboats loudly on a plane unless you're talking about the delicious cookie? (laughs) And a sailboat you don't own. I don't own... Listen, I ain't got sailboat money, but I could buy a shit ton of Pepperidge Farm at any moment. Go with that Pepperidge Farm every time. Yeah, I can do that. I hated those people so much. (laughs) They They yelled the entire flight. The whole flight. Stupid stuff. General things about Coachella. Hour and a half. <laughs> I hated them. I, I, and I also had... We, well, we flew out of the Burbank airport where there's nothing. There's not even anything there except for there was like... They didn't have any... Well, because they had like two sandwiches. But Rhea's a vegetarian and I'm dating her. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It has become harder to eat meat. <laughs> because I think it's a person. I think it used to be a She's somebody. not actually kidding also I'm not when kidding. she says, I so think it's sorry. a person. This That's is... something she said. She pulled that card out early in our relationship. And I was like, I think I'm going to get chicken. She's like, yeah. That, I, was like, was I, I was like, will that bother you? And she said, no. I mean, it's just it used to be a person. And I'm like, wait, what did you just say? It used to be a what did you just say? She's like, yeah, not a human person, but like a chicken person. <laughs> really changes your... Wait, I think I've even said this on the podcast before. This is my other favorite one. Yeah, was when we were, we were going to maybe get a leather couch. Let me just tell you guys, this is a pleather jacket, so don't worry. Yeah, I'm, yeah, but those are leather shoes, so. <laughs> God damn it. I was, like, I was like, well, okay, in terms of couches, what do you think about leather? And she was like, yeah, I don't have a problem with it, except that it used to be somebody's skin. <laughs> just for maintenance purposes. You got to put lotion on it. Which is so gross. That is so gross. That is so gross. Like, because after she said that, then on Ikea, they really are like leather care products, and you can only think of that as lotion forever after that. It's like a whole Edgeen. You're like, like, where do they put the nipples? You know what I mean? They're all tucked under the cushions. That's the buttons on the pillows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. Well, should we get this show started? It feels I feels like so. we should get this show started. I think you should kick this mother oh, off. For God's sake. Rhea Butcher, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks How hilarious is she? So, so funny. We've got an awesome, awesome lineup on the show. Uh, this first gentleman... So one great thing about the Darkroom Theater is that they, they have a wonderful show here uh, called The Business that also has a sister show... Uh, in L.A., also called The Business. So it's great. If you live in L.A. and you're listening to the podcast, you can go to The Business on Thursdays at the Lyric Hyperion Theater. If you live in San Francisco and you're listening to the podcast, you can go to The Business Wednesday at the Darkroom Theater. If you're a motherfucker who doesn't give a shit <laughs> about lives or who's, who has aspirations of greatness, you could go technically to The Business on Wednesday night in San Francisco get in your fucking car <laughs> drive for six hours and go see it Thursday night in LA I don't know your lives <laughs> so this first gentleman he uh, he helps he is one of the producers of that show and I am so so excited he could be with us here tonight so ladies and gentlemen please welcome Mr. Sean Kane to the stage come on give it up for him thank you very much Keep it going for Cameron. New to the city. Amazing. 
They're going to get some artisan rice aroni later. It's going to be fantastic. The most authentic San Francisco experience. Uh, my name is Sean Keen. I'll just start with this. I recently got out of a relationship. Uh, technically, I was forcibly removed from the relationship, actually. That's how you have to get me out of a relationship. Otherwise, I'll just squat. You have to evict me. Just be like, look, I know you have an ad on Craigslist, but just until you find somebody out, can I just stay here? I, you have to go limp, basically, as I get dragged out. Also, going limp, that will get you removed from a relationship, for sure. That's something I learned. Uh, we broke up a week before Valentine's Day, which sounds sad, but it's actually really convenient if you haven't yet bought a Valentine's Day gift because you, you, you've lost a partner but you, you have also lost an errand on a to-do list. <laughs> and I never know what to get for Valentine's Day. I know what I'm not ever going to get for Valentine's Day. That is a diamond ring from K Jewelers. Because I don't, I don't approve of the diamond industry. And I especially don't like K Jewelers commercials. There's one in particular that I have a problem with. It's a Christmas-themed ad. And a guy is celebrating Christmas with his hearing-impaired girlfriend. And they're sitting in front of the Christmas tree. And he says... I know I don't speak much sign language. And he's holding his left hand in the air as if to say, this is where the sign language would have gone. <laughs> and then he hands her a present, and it's a diamond engagement ring from K Jewelers. And he signs, I love you. And then they kiss, right? Because every kiss begins with K. Because of the fucking alphabet. And... Everyone's supposed to be overwhelmed by how romantic this scene is. I can't get into the romance of it, because all I'm thinking about is, what was their relationship like <laughs> up to this point? Because it was serious enough that he would propose marriage on Christmas Eve, but not so serious that he would learn more than three words of sign language <laughs> leading up to that moment. He was just getting by for weeks, months, on just like, let's order a pizza. <laughs> or just catching her eye across the room and just because every fuck ends in K too I like that we're recording this for the podcast I ended that with a 15 second act out for you podcast listeners I was making the uh, was inserting my right index finger into my left fist in the traditional 4th grade doing it motion so that's a little backstory. I haven't dated a ton as an adult. I had my first grown-up girlfriend when I was 24. That's a little too old to have a real girlfriend. I was, I was intimidated. Uh, she, was, she, was, she was in school. She had a car. Those were weird things. She was also super into dirty talk, and that really freaked me out a little bit uh, because before that, I'd been very, very quiet whenever I had sex because it was like... I, I couldn't believe I was in this situation. It was like if somebody gives you the incorrect change at a store and you're just kind of standing there trying not to make eye contact, just ready to back away slowly. That's how, that's how I was. So first, first my girlfriend was like, well, you're, you're so quiet during sex. Why don't you say something? And the only thing I could think to say was, th thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and I'm sorry. I'll be, I'll be out of here in just a minute or so. But I don't, I don't like dirty talk. I don't even like it now. Mainly because I hate rhetorical questions, right? Like, like whose pussy is this? Like, who, whose pussy do you think it is? It's, just, it's, me, it's me, Sean. Uh, 
And also, I wasn't totally sure it was rhetorical at first, because I was not very experienced, so I'd try to answer it first. And I'm like, uh, is it mine? <laughs> That's not authoritative enough at all. That will ruin it. And I'd think about it too much. I'd be like, well, uh, I mean, it's your pussy, obviously. I'm a feminist. Uh, and the government and the media might say what they can, but they need to keep their laws off of your pussy. Uh, is, it, is it our pussy? Is that it's our, it's our pussy. It's uh, great. Of course, after we broke up, I found out something I hated a lot more than dirty talk, and that was uh, masturbating alone talk. That was worse. That's a lot worse. Because that'll lead to hypothetical questions, right? Like, whose pussy would this have been? Uh, someone, someone who loves me? Is that... So here's the thing. This, this woman was very, very into dirty talk, not into using the correct words for dirty talk. She would say thingy for everything. And that's difficult to deal with when someone's like, Sean, yeah, I want that thingy. Yeah, yeah just give me that thing. Put that thingy right by that other thing. And then in between that thingy, do that other thing. And I would just be confused. I'm like, were you having sex or do you want me to build a fort? What's going on? Because also the fort is a l way more in my comfort zone, actually. <laughs> So finally, I said, like, you got to give me a word that I can use just to describe your body. And she said, well, I think honeypot is kind of hot. <laughs> and I don't think honeypot <laughs> is hot. It's sticky. Uh, it's high in calories. It's hard to incorporate into dirty talk for sure. Like, what are you supposed to say? Like, girl, that honeypot's so fine. I'm going to put on a beekeeper mask and some <laughs> protective clothing. We're going to fill this bedroom with smoke. I'm going to go get that honeypot. Yeah. But the other problem was uh, I was quite a bit heavier back then. And uh, when you're a plus-size man, sometimes when you're having sex, you leave the T-shirt on, right? You preserve a little bit of a mystery. It's kind of like getting it on with a ghost, you know? It's a creepy, <laughs> supernatural thing. But here's the thing. If you're wearing a shirt and you're not wearing pants and you're talking excitedly about a honeypot, the whole thing has, the whole thing has a, a Winnie the Pooh vibe that... Really does not work. Even if you say, "Girl, you want this hundred-acre wood?" Because no one knows how big an acre is. Are you even bragging? Also, one time I got my head stuck inside. That was terrible. And it was our anniversary, so I was dressed as a little black rain cloud. It was spent the whole time just going, "Oh bother!" That's my impression of Winnie the Pooh. Reluctantly performing cunnilingus. Oh, bother. Let me guys with the one thing. These guys are in San Francisco. If you're in San Francisco, you got to check out the food trucks, the mobile dining experience that is San Francisco. I have one food truck that I am obsessed with, but I've never eaten at. It is an Ethiopian-Irish fusion food truck. Right. It's called Iretria. This is a real food truck. It gets near where you were. Yeah, I, I walk past it. I'm fascinated. I, here's the thing. It combines the culinary traditions of Ethiopia and Ireland, which I believe is just famine on both sides. <laughs> Hundreds of years of famine. Like the governments of Ethiopia and Ireland pulled all their resources, and they got an old UPS truck and a Bunsen burner, and they decided that was a functional restaurant. And here's the thing. I, have you ever gone there? Yeah. It's good. It's, see, I'm afraid to go there because I don't know what's going to happen, Lang. Right? You go up to the counter, you give him, uh, not the counter, the window, the flap. You give him $7 and they just send you to a different food truck. 
That's five miles away, and the UN is parachuting in crepes. And then Bono from U2 writes a song about your terrible, terrible lunch, and it's very depressing, and he's rapping. And that didn't, that didn't end as strongly as I was hoping. I'll, I'll, well, that's okay. That's okay. But you, but you should eat there? Yeah. Okay. Is it artisan potatoes? Housemade. Housemade curry. Yeah. And some good stuff. All right. Well, that's my portion of the podcast. I'm going to give you back to Cameron, everybody. Thank you very much. Guys, give it up for Sean. Let's hear it for Sean. That's like the funniest. That's hilarious. Holy shit. Oh, I should... I also realized at the beginning, I didn't even say to you, what, what is this? What, what is this show? Because, I, I mean, I know you're here, so maybe you know about it, but what if you, if you feel like... Well, that's weird. What if? Because I keep saying, you know, we keep talking about podcasts and stuff. And you're like, but we're at a show. <laughs> so I get what you're saying. Um, but we do we do a show every Tuesday night at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles that is called Put Your Hands Together, and this is our and this is our first time going on the road. We're on our way up to the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, where we're also going to be doing Put Your Hands Together. Uh, and you can get yeah, thank you so much. And you can uh, and you can get the show on on iTunes, and you can listen to comics that maybe don't come up here to San Francisco yet, or that do come up here to San Francisco or that you are not familiar with, or that you love. And we do a lot of interviews, and we do sets from people. It's a very fun time. Also, you should download it, and you should check it out and tell your friends about it. I think it's a rad show. All of the folks on the show tonight are San Francisco comics, which is really rad. I was really excited to come here and try and get some of these folks taped so that other people in other places can hear them, because that's another thing that a lot of people have been saying in the comments um, and the messages and stuff that we get about the show is that a lot of people who live in... Like San Francisco, you guys get a lot of big names. It's a huge city. But there's a lot of people from smaller cities and smaller towns and even internationally that are like, we have no idea who these people are and they're awesome and this is great. Or like, I live in Iowa and nobody comes here. And uh, so thank you. Or like whatever um, thing that you might say. I don't. I didn't mean to pick on Iowa. There's like tons of universities there. I'm sure people go there. But, nonetheless, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, what did you do today? Went to work. You went to work? What do you do for a living? Um, work on trains. What? You work on trains? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? We don't work on a train. No, no, like, do you make them? I make trains. You make trains? Yeah, kind of. From what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like spaghetti. You make spaghetti into trains! <laughs> Strike a note over here. <laughs> Really specific reference. Wait, so you, wait, you make trains? Like, are you like a train engineer? But not this kind? With yes. the, cause whoa! Do you know what I'm saying? That's like the only field where there's two of those things. You know? High speed rail, like You design high speed rail? I like shuffle paper. You shuffle paper, paper for other people to design high speed rail? That's, no, it's very cool. Like, what are we talking about, monorails? We're talking about, what are we talking about, Disney? What are we talking about? <laughs> High-speed rail. Hypothetical rail. Hypothetical rail. Can you make it come, can you make it go to where I, can you make it come to Los Angeles? That's what we're trying to do. Thank you, in advance. Because it was terrible there, in terms of that. None of that high-speed rails. Well, because everybody's so beautiful. So, not that you guys aren't beautiful. <laughs> No, you're disgusting to look at. No, what I'm saying is, like, 
people in LA are so beautiful they can't leave their houses because they have to like stay in make sure that shit is really really beautiful (laughs) I don't know the last time you've been there but it is like startling to go to LA live there for a while and then like go to other places and you're like oh my god I thought I was a monster (laughs) just a real person I love I love my new city. I just moved there in September, and I really do love it a lot. I live like right at the base of the Hollywood Hills, and there's and that actually isn't like a that there's like hiking in there and cool stuff and uh, and coyotes and like things that are na- nature. That's the word, <laughs> nature. Um, but it is funny to live there also because I love the like moderately unimpressed vibe that happens in LA. After all, I was talking to Ryan and Rhea about this earlier. Like, it's very funny because if you've just lived there for like a a little while, you start getting used to like seeing crazy things because just people around and movies are constantly being filmed and also it's like beautiful and there's just sunny every day and there's like a hill up there, but then there's also water over here. You guys have that too, but what I'm trying to say is a lot of celebrities are around you. I think generally you can kind of just get to the point where people are just like, oh yeah, like earlier today, George Clooney served me a hamburger and I was like, whatever. You're like, where were you? Like, Wendy's, or I don't know where I was. It was either Wendy's or, like, the Four Seasons. I don't know where I was. But George Clooney was there, and he was just, he served me a burger. Why was he serving you a burger? I don't know. It was, like, either for, he was either filming a movie, or I was in a movie or something. I don't know. Where it was just a good day or not. I don't know if it was good. I can't remember. Anyway, what's up with you? Like, it's, like, that kind of just, like, nothing is impressive anymore. But I'm not like that. <laughs> Cause I'm like, you're into trains? Cool. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, a mix of things. Ooh, what does that mean? Uh, sometimes teach high school. Uh-huh. Sometimes learn Burmese. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but today I reviewed a contract. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is it, are these self-assignments? Or like... <laughs> you're like, today I teach high school! <laughs> Come in, class! Burp, 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 burp. You're like... <laughs> Is it kind of like that? Well, maybe. No, that's... Tomorrow, tomorrow, next week I'm teaching sailing. You're teaching sailing? Sailing? So the people who have the boats in... Sailing, yeah, you're, you're teach. Wow, you're teaching sailing slash sometimes learning Burmese yeah. slash maybe you work at high school. Yeah. You should move to L.A. I'm, this is what I'm saying. You're the exact type of person that I'm talking Yeah, I'm either learning Burmese or teaching high school. Honestly, I don't even know which one I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm either teaching George Clooney Burmese or he's my high school student. I'm just not sure. We're in, maybe we're in a movie. I don't know. I'm sailing. Um... That's amazing. You seem like a very interesting person. Are you guys a a, a human couple? Yeah. Yes. yes. A person human. Yeah, person human couple, not a chicken human. I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> you're you're a couple. What an interesting couple you are, with like many things to talk about. Yes. It feels like you would each have something to bring to the. Because then she's like, oh, I just landed a train, and you're like, I don't even know what I did. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot there. Well, give it up for these people. Very, very awesome. So glad you came to the show. This next comic, he has a great show that he runs here in San Francisco at uh, the Lost at Lost Weekend Video. Does anybody know that that venue or that place? It sounds awesome. I've never been, but I've seen a million pictures. It looks amazing. And he runs the Cinecave, so there. there. So you should check that out. And you should also listen to him tell jokes right exactly now. Let's hear from Mr. George Chan, guys. Give it up for George. <laughs> Thank you.
Hey, uh, <clears throat> are you guys familiar with the Red Bull Space Drop? <laughs> so, okay, for those of you who do not know about the Red Bull Space Drop, the beverage company Red Bull hired this Austrian daredevil, Felix Baumgartner, uh, equipped him with a special pressurized suit. They sent him into space, and he free fell to Earth and broke the speed of sound, first individual to break the speed of sound, survived. Great moment for Red Bull <laughs> and human ingenuity and science. Uh, but around the same time that that happened, I found out about another explorer that did not fare so well. Uh, back in 1967, there was a Russian cosmonaut named uh, Vladimir Kamarov, and it was the height of the Cold War with the U.S. and Soviet Union battling for dominance of the skies. And Vladimir Kamarov was told that he had to go up in this ship that he knew was not structurally sound, but it was going to be either him going up there or his good friend, cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin. And he took a bullet with tears in his eyes. He was like, I'm going to go up there instead of my good friend, Yuri Gagarin. And he took a bullet for his country. And uh, what happened next is there was an audio recording of Vladimir Kamarov burning alive inside his ship. Uh, they didn't have a proper heat shield, so upon re-entry, the whole thing heated up. And you don't need to understand Russian to comprehend the screams of agony and horror and frustration at the government that betrayed him. Sorry, these are my notes for my TED Talk. (laughs) What's funny about that story? It's kind of like Red Bull's more powerful than the Soviet Union. Like they have a better space program. I know why they gave me this topic. I only know about this scream because it's sampled on a metal album. Okay, well, I think if, um, if uh, Red Bull is more powerful than the Soviet Union, I think for their next publicity stunt, they're going to hire a guy to assassinate the CEO of another drink company with a uranium-tipped umbrella. That's my theory about where there's no more Four loco. You guys, uh, real talk, real talk. There's times you ask yourself the hard questions like, am I really cut out for show business? Is this really the path that I should be on with my creative life? You know, San Francisco, creative class, you all understand. You've had that voice, like maybe it's your parents' voice in the back of your head, like, you know, it's good to have a hobby, but, you know, be a little bit practical. Maybe it's time to put away this childish dream, you know, just settle. Settle for the normal life that society wants you to have. You guys, when that voice comes calling, look to me as an example (laughs) of what can happen when you keep shooting for that star. (laughs) Keep trying to grab that brass ring. Because you guys, um, much like Cameron and Rhea, I was recently in Los Angeles, and uh, I had a meeting some producers 
and uh, you're first to hear about this, but uh, we're gonna shoot my project this fall. It's a horror movie that takes place at Burning Man. <laughs> I call it my documentary about Burning Man. <laughs> Playa hater. That's what we're going with. Don't, don't hate the play. Hate the game. Yes, uh, I'm unemployed. No surprises. Um, so I started catering recently. I did my first ever catering job in my life. Uh, this was up in Napa. You guys know. Local references. Uh, Napa. And there was like, uh, it was for these Silicon Valley, like venture capital tech type people. Uh, boo, unless they're here. Like, great. Uh, um, and like, I had to like go around and like, hang out for them. Like, oh, hey, uh, would you like a bruschetta? It has crescenza, pancetta, rhubarb, and a balsamic vinaigrette. And that took like all my brain power to remember that. And, uh, was, and they were like, oh yeah, sure. Uh, is there any meat on this? I'm like, no, no, it's just cheese, just cheese. Uh, go back to the kitchen. I'm like, there's no meat on this bruschetta, right? They're like, no, no, no. Pancetta is a very fancy Italian bacon, actually. I'm like, oh, shit. I think I just fed pancetta to a vegetarian. Um, and like, I'm not like a monster. I have vegetarian friends. I understand. I would normally just go like apologize to someone about this, but I didn't want to, first day on the job, I didn't want to get my work in trouble, didn't want to get in trouble myself. And like, I don't know, like I, you have these fantasies about like rich people, kind of like, I'm like, I know they can't really like have me killed on the spot. <laughs> but they could definitely make it look like an accident later. Um, and uh, you know, I uh, just decided like, oh, I checked on her. It wasn't like a peanut allergy and I gave her a peanut butter sandwich. She was fine. It's just like a psychological, ethical thing. So, uh, <laughs> And she was fine. I just felt guilty. People made fun of me on the ride back. Like they're like, "Oh, you just ruined some Hindu's chance of reincarnation," and <laughs> things like that. And just went home, still feeling guilty. Got on Facebook, and I was like, uh, "I think I just fed pancetta to a vegetarian. Uh, the most passive-aggressive form of class warfare." <laughs> and then my fucking vegetarian vegan friends were like, "Boo, dislike, boo," and like all this stuff. And like, of course, they don't have the entire context of the scenario or anything, but I'm, come on, really, guys. It's like, don't we all hate rich people more than we like animals? <laughs> if not, then why are we friends? I don't understand. <laughs> Thanks, I'm George. Good night. Guys, George Chen, let's hear it for him. Come on! Hey, we are going to keep it right on rolling. Uh, your next comic, I am so glad that she could make it tonight. She was at another show. She hustled on over. Such is the life of a comic, am I right? Multiple shows in one night. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Guys, let's hear right now. Welcome to the stage. Let's hear for Natasha Muse. Give it up for Natasha. What's up, crackers? My name's Natasha Muse. I am pretty funny. <laughs> thank you very much, thank you I live here in the city called San Francisco but I'm not from here, I'm from a faraway land called New Hampshire yeah, it's a state uh, when I was out there I was like white trash but now I live here in the city so more like white recycling <laughs> I get the cage-free tomatoes and stuff, cause I care I used to be white compost but I've been knocked down a peg people always say, they say, Natasha, why'd you move all the way from New Hampshire to San Francisco and I always tell them it was because I needed a change. 
Uh, that joke's a lot funnier when you keep in mind that it used to be a guy. <laughs> or at the very least, you get how that works as a joke. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So yeah, I used to be a guy, then I got better. Uh, you could say I had a case of penis envy, envy. You could say that. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, people, uh, the word, of course, is in English, it's uh, transsexual, but it's different in other languages. Like in Italian, it's uh, transsexuale. And in French, it's more like a transsexual. Yeah. And then in German, it's uh, mom. So it's different. It's different everywhere. But this is San Francisco. I don't know. There's like crazy trannies everywhere in San Francisco. You can't throw a handful of glitter without hitting a transsexual <laughs> in the eyes in San Francisco, which is actually the very best way to deal with a tranny if one's following you home late at night. You just get the glitter out of your eyes. It's beautiful. A lot of people find the fact that I'm a transsexual is interesting, especially people I've just had sex with. <laughs> That joke's great uh, because usually like 99% of an audience likes that joke. There's always one guy in the back who's like, that's not cool. That's not cool. That's not cool. Man, yeah, so tranny. I, uh, yeah, tranny. So you, wait, who here works with trans? Some, I was in the back, I didn't quite... Trans, is that you? Yeah. You don't have to pretend that I, I really don't get what you're... That's fine. Let's move on. That was funny before. You should give it up for her. That was great. So show so far. Give it up for Cameron. Give it up for George. Give it up for Sean. Give it up for all the comedians you've seen ever before. Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Maria Bamford, Paul Poundstone. Why not? Hey, give it up for God, the best comedian of them all. Philosophers like to ask the question, can God make a rock so heavy that even he himself can't lift it? I like to ask the question, can God write a joke so subtle that even he himself can't understand it? (laughs) Then I realize that that's what life uh, is. (laughs) Yeah. Life's a joke we all don't understand. Okay, I just thought... (laughs) You all got it? I just still explained it for you. I was just proud of myself, I guess. Just happy to be me. Hey, speaking of God, give it up for Lent. (laughs) It's good for the body, it's good for the mind, and it's good for the soul, which does not exist. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Yeah, so I'm kind of a... I think I'm an agnostic. I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm afraid. I think people... Uh, atheism is weird. People say that uh, atheists eat babies. Have you heard that? Athe- have you never heard that? When I heard that, I was like, that's crazy. Like, do you know how hard it is to get rid of baby weight? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Man. Yeah, I use the word tranny. I, I don't know if you... I, I use the word tranny to describe myself tranny. I, I actually don't like that word that much. I prefer the term fixer-upper. That's not more proactive because just like the houses that are fixer uppers there's some plumbing issues that needed to be addressed but in both cases duct tape will work in a pinch yeah and it does pinch it does pinch oh boy hi uh god you know people like to ask me questions about being a transsexual like they'd be like uh do you guys have any questions no uh it's fine 
Like they'd be like, uh, uh, like they'd be like, uh, how big is it, Natasha? Right? How big is it? How big? How big is it? I always say it was uh, pretty big for a girl. <laughs> if you would have put it on a graph, I'd be an extreme outlier. <laughs> a good two or three standard deviations away from the mean. Way out there. In fact, it was so long, I didn't want it any longer. <laughs> Thank you. I like that joke, too. That's a funny joke. I enjoy telling it. Do you guys like rhetorical questions? I tried dating uh, guys for a little bit. They, uh, the guys that are into trannies are called tranny chasers. Uh, I always call them Captain Gordons because they like the fish sticks. <laughs> I like that joke because it's a thinker, but then when you get to where I want you to go, you're like, what did, why are we here? Why did you make us go all this way for this disgusting joke? But yeah, and it's weird, Jaden, guys. It'd be like, does it make me, tra- does it make me gay to be attracted to you, Natasha? I don't want to be a gay. Does it make me gay to be attracted? I don't want... It's like, dude, does it make you gay to be attracted to me? What makes you gay is how much you like to suck my dick. <laughs> I mean, I'm judging at anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> and when a guy does that, it's pretty gay. <laughs> One thing people like to do, like, like regular people like, that aren't tranny, I call them regular. <laughs> you guys are all regular. I, I'm above regular, whatever. Uh, super normal. Uh, they, like, they like to let me know, that, like, if they hung out with the transsexual, like, the night before, like, let me know, because somehow that's going to make me think that they're cool, you know? Like, oh, last night I was off the hook, Natasha. It was crazy, Natasha. It was nuts. There was this transsexual doing lines of cocaine off a piano in a bar. It was nuts. It was crazy. It's like, dude, I'm a tranny. I know a lot of other trannies. A lot of us are prostitutes, gamblers, hardcore drug addicts, you know, like, pretty cool people. Uh, so for me, when I hear trainers doing lines of cocaine off a piano in a bar, it's maybe like you hearing Bob from accounting farted during a meeting. <laughs> yeah, it's inappropriate. Probably should have waited for a bathroom break. But Bob gets hella gassy when he does coke. We're the same person. Bob goes both ways. That's a line about palindromes. And folks, just one final thought. In that joke, I mentioned that transsexuals are known to be prostitutes, right? Uh, hardcore drug abusers. You're like, yeah, we watched Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, not Seinfeld. Uh, Jerry Springer. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different episode. Uh, Jerry Springer, uh, you know, uh, CSI. We know about those two. But gambling, I didn't know you guys were gamblers. But yeah, a lot of us, uh, you know, transsexual women, we date straight guys. And we don't tell them that we used to be guys ourselves. And uh, that's a pretty big fucking gamble. <laughs> All right, guys, that's been my time. I'm Natasha Muse. Thank you so much. Guys, keep it going for Natasha Muse. She has a monthly show here in San Francisco called A Funny Night for Comedy. And that is at the Actors Theater, and you should go check that out. Why, am I, why is this so hard tonight? This is difficult. Okay, I, I nailed it. I got it right out of there. Um, how are you guys doing? Is everybody okay? You feeling good? You're relaxed. I fucking love your posture. I love the shit out of you. What is your life like? Look at how you thought how good your life is. You figure it out. See, you're you're and I get you. I get that your feet are up, but like, look at what he's doing. 
Do you understand? He's nailing the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean, just do, like, live your own life, but also that guy's fucking killing it. I don't know what's going on, but you nailed it. How are you? Are you doing well? Did you have a good day? I had a fantastic day. Yeah, what did you do? I listened to Wham Bam Pow and drew the X-Men. Hooray! Wham Bam Pow! That is my other podcast. And that's, I just said, that's a real thing. What if I, that's like, how, how very of this age to be like, oh, my other podcast. <laughs> but yeah, Rhea, and that's Rhea and my uh, podcast on the Maximum of Fun Network. You, do, you, do you guys both listen to that show? Yes? Did you see Jurassic Park 3D? Not yet. You should definitely see that. Yeah, yes. Of the, yes. Yeah, well then fuck the movie. Don't see the movie. Just listen to us talk about the movie. It's the same thing and free. <laughs> Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you should hold out for IMAX. It's so much better. I- well, I didn't see it. We, as you know, we didn't. We saw it only in IMAX. But holy shit, those dinosaurs—they <laughs> look like dinosaurs. <laughs> you're like, what? You can't believe it. You know, you're just having that experience, um, which is fantastic. Uh, you know what else? I kind of lost my mind earlier today. I've just had it a little bit. I don't know what's happened to me. Um, I feel like well, part of it is maybe moving. During the moving process, I finally like you know you move to a new city, you can kind of reinvent yourself. You and you also you're you're. I was a fully formed adult moving, and I, that's never happened to me before. Like I moved to Boston for college. I moved back home from uh, Boston to Chicago when I was like 24, and then like to move and be 30. Like you, there's a lot of shit you have figured out, and then you get to start again, and you get to kind of build the life that you want. And I think there are a lot of things that I used to be, you know, I used to be really concerned about making sure. I still really like to make people feel comfortable. It's like my favorite thing in the whole world is to just talk to people in a way that makes them feel comfortable because I, I like people. Um, but I'm also very shy sometimes about my own needs and I shove them down and make hilarious jokes over them. Uh, and I think that one thing that's happened since I moved to LA is that I'm trying to like get in touch with how I actually feel about things and like correct people when they're doing things that bother me so that I don't hate them in 10 years. Does anybody do that? Because stop doing that. I'm trying to, when you're like, oh, that's fine. No, I feel great about that. That's great. I feel good. That's fine. I feel great. Until you're like, I hate you. You know, just like it sneaks up on you. Um, And so uh, Natasha was talking about a gentleman asking her what makes them gay. And um, I don't usually do this, but I'm actually going to, this is, this is, I think I lost my mind today. But in like a really good way. I feel really positively about it. So um, somebody that I don't know, who is a Facebook friend of mine, wrote on uh, the internet and Facebook specifically today. If you're wiping your ass and you accidentally orgasm, does that mean you're gay? And then somebody else wrote, I kind of figured that was normal. Am I wrong? So then I wrote, yes, you're gay. You are gay. You are gay. You are gay. You are gay. It's all about butts. Gay is about butts. Straight people don't have butts. Only gay people. You're gay. You are gay. Butts are gay. All butts are gay. You are gay. Equal marriage is butt marriage. You are now married to a man. You are gay. And then another person, that original guy who was like, I thought that was normal, he wrote, that seemed a little over the top, don't you think? (laughs) And then I wrote, nope, not over the top. 
And then I took a picture of it, unfriended the original guy, and posted to my own Facebook wall my taking him down with a butt marriage joke. <laughs> I don't know that this is what I'm going to... I don't know that I'm going to continue to do this, but, like, it might... Oh, but I... There's a chance. There's a chance that I... That this could be how... I deal. I just feel like as a, as a gay person... Um, you know, there's a lot of... I spend a lot of my time listening to other people talk about what, like... First of all, other people ask generally the world whether or not they're gay based on things that have no, that make no sense. What? You have a butt? That is literally what that guy wrote. I mean, I understand he's, like, making a joke about, like, or I orgasm or I touch my own. First of all, you touched your own butt. And I get that you're a man, but you know that's not how gay works, right? <laughs> Because we'd all be gay. Hopefully, hopefully we'd all be gay. Like, I hope you're gay with yourself. If you're not fucking gay with yourself, go home. Why are you here? <laughs> so that's not really what that means. Also, like, butts. I don't know. This is something that I persistently hear, uh, and oftentimes from men, about their, you know, they wonder. Uh, I hear jokes about this, and, and you see it on the internet, like, just this kind of general, like, you know, I like, well, I'm, Somebody touched my butt. Am I a gay person? You know that you, like, everybody has a butt. Like, we all have buttholes. What, what was your understanding of, like, how is that? Is that person okay? Like, how have they been spending their entire life up until that point when they're just like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. What is that? Like, that has nothing to do with anything. Like, also, because, I mean, I get, I, I understand the carryover. Like, I get that it's, that, that it's rooted in this, like, fear, a very, very strong fear uh, that a lot of, specifically, uh, straight men have of butt sex, which is crazy, because straight men also have, like, a ton of butt sex, <laughs> statistically more butt sex than gay men, since there are statistically many, many more straight men. Just they're not receiving, you know you are having butt sex that still counts. <laughs> you know that, right? It's just a very odd, it's a very strange, also like, you know, a lot of gay men don't do that. Also, who gives a fuck? Like, if you like, what are you, are you okay? Like, what are you worried about? What do you, what like alarm do you think is going to go off in your personal bedroom? Where somebody's like, or actually, even wear it in your bathroom. <laughs> like, you think? Do you think that? I mean, who who is checking? Like, is it is it other straight men that you think are hiding in the cabinetry, just like ah? Oh, somebody got clean. You know, like what do you think is happening? Or is it gay people? Like, oh, we really, you know, we really needed you. We really needed you, specifically. I cannot tell you how much I can't live my life as a gay person without you, an attractive straight man, also being gay. You know what I mean? It's often like, I can't get these gay men away from me. Well, seems like probably not that hard. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is like, we're all beautiful. We're all doing fine. We don't need to worry about our butts. Everybody's doing okay. Take care of your butts. You know what I mean? Like, get, go ahead and use them if you want to or don't. No worries. No problem. But I'm just really, I'm, I think I'm going to start being aggressive about that. I'm going to get real butt talk back at you. <laughs> just feel like there's a real connect, or connection. No, correction. 
feel like there's a real correction that needs to... We just only need to, like, get over this and work through it so that I can get married. Do you understand? Like, I just... We just need all to get through this and get over it so that I can get married. <laughs> if we just talk about it, then maybe we can think it through, like a thesis, you know, like a five-paragraph essay that we write in high school about our butts. If we just can get through, like, my butt is safe, and Cameron's marriage has nothing to do with my butt. Also, I can do whatever I want to with my butt. It's okay. Also, cool. You know, clean it out. Or everything you need to do. Like, what? Are, like, how deep do we need to go here? How much do we need to take care of each other on this? Are you guys okay? Do we need to talk more about butts? Is anybody else worried about their butts specifically? Are they worried about my... Who, is everybody okay? Have we addressed the issue of butts? Is there anybody in this room that still feels like they might leave here and wonder about their sexuality based only on their butt? <laughs> If there is, we should still talk about it. Like, if they, it feels like if there's even, like, a rumination in your head where you're just like, wait a minute, what if I... If you still have anything in there where you're just wondering, you know, this is really... This is a, this is a mental colon cleanse on butts. We're good? We've worked it out? Fantastic. Spread the word. You know what I mean? When you leave here tonight, just stop whoever... Uh, maybe not in this neighborhood, specifically. <laughs> Just because I've walked around, it feels like you might get into some serious conversations. But um, but go ahead and talk. You know, go ahead and talk about that. Just you know, if you see that on the internet, maybe go ahead and. I just, I don't know. I couldn't stop laughing at my own self all day. <laughs> Equal marriage is butt marriage. That's so funny. Oh shit. <laughs> anyway. Well, I, I really feel like we worked through that. I really feel like we got it, got it, got through it together. Are we ready for more show? Yeah. 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 This next comic, very funny man, also a part of the business here at the Darkroom Theater. Also, he has an album out on Rooftop Comedy Records called "The NATO Green Party." Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. NATO Green, give it up for NATO. <laughs> How about that butt talk, everybody? So, in San Francisco, we get a butt talk. Like, 80% of us are fisting right now. Uh, so, the seal of the city of San Francisco is Oto Impasti Fiero and Gero, which, which, if you don't speak Spanish, translates roughly into one in the pink, one in the stink. It is, we are on it. So, uh, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll back you up on the butt talk. Um, so, I am a San Francisco native and a Jew, uh, and it's a little bit lonely. Uh, people <laughs> say things to me that are code for Jew, like, uh, you sound like you're from New York. I get that. That's, that's code for fucking Jew. Uh, they also say, uh, I've heard this, uh, uh, you sound like Seinfeld. It's weirdly code for Jew. Uh, I bet you know a lot about cheesecake. <laughs> and you seem like you're in pain. Uh, all of those things code for Jude. Now, I, uh, uh, I was working in New York last year, and New York is fucking Jewish. Like, <laughs> lousy with Jews. And those Jews look at me like I may not even count. I don't even count as Jewish to them. Like, as far as they're concerned, like, I may as well be a Hamas commander. Uh, <laughs> Wrapped in bacon. Like, I could not be less, less Jewish to them. So, uh, but here's the thing that happened to me, actually right up the street from here. 
Uh, my wife and I went into the bank to deposit some money into our retirement account, and the banker said, would you like an IRA or a Roth IRA? And I said, ha ha, IRA Roth is my cousin. Uh, <laughs> and the banker did not laugh at that. Uh, you would think they would have covered that in orientation. <laughs> what with us controlling the banks. Uh, that there would have been a handout of some sort. Uh, but then the banker said, uh, uh, were you married in the church? And I said, no, we're Jews. And then she said, ah, I bet you had an expensive wedding. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'm a comedian. I've, I've made poor choices. Uh, <laughs> I am paid primarily in Amstelite and gonorrhea. So, and then the banker said, apropos of nothing, why does the whole world hate the Jews? And I was like, can't a motherfucking Jew count his money without someone remarking upon it? I hadn't even gone in there in a super kiky way, like, yaddle, daddle, 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 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, shalom. So, uh, it seems like a good time uh, to, uh, you know, what the fuck in the world this week? Uh, explosions and murders and gun control. All, it's, it's a crazy week. Uh, there's it, What's happened in Boston, uh, for the podcast audience, this is Thursday. The explosions in Boston were Monday. Uh, it's very upsetting. There's a lot that we don't know. Uh, what we do know uh, for sure is that somehow gay people are going to get blamed. Uh, uh, we know that Having more guns at the marathon would not have helped. Uh, uh, we know that there were people who ran towards the explosion who were public workers. Uh, so when they in Washington, when they talk about covet, cutting government spending, they're talking about cutting the people who run to the explosions. Uh, you know who doesn't run to the explosion? Fucking bankers. Uh, <laughs> bankers don't run to shit. Uh, so I just think that if you're the kind of person who would run towards an explosion... You deserve a pension. That's a, I just think of a simple rule. Like, if you're that, or if you would look at a severed limb and not go, ah, mama, then you deserve a pension. I just think that should be pretty cut and dry. So, uh, I also think there's a lot of people sending their uh, thoughts and prayers, which does not help. Uh, uh, if something bad happens to me, Fuck you and your thoughts and prayers. Uh, send help. Uh, no one has ever celebrated the heroic thoughts and prayers of anything in a crisis. Um, thank God. They said, the good thing the Avengers have a, has a priest now to do all the thinking and praying for them. So, uh, and then the fucking they they're they just killed gun control in the Senate, uh, and it's so it's so chicken shit, and the, it's because the NRA and the NRA just thinks that everybody needs more guns and. I'm not a particularly violent person, but I keep hoping that there will be a massacre at an NRA press conference uh, because I like irony. Um, <laughs> and I would just love to see the security camera footage afterwards of like, oh, you got me! Good one, good one, guys. <laughs> Touche. We should have been prepared. So, uh, so the country is really, uh, the country's really divided. A lot of people think that white America is freaked out that we have our first black president. It's not exactly that. It's a little bit related to that, which is that white America's freaked out that uh, the possibility that George Bush was the last white president. Uh, white America's like, oh, no, we didn't realize we might have been done with chances. Uh, we would have closed stronger if this was going to be our last 
time. Uh, and they're also they're looking at immigration reform this year, and, uh, and a lot of people think that we need to stop calling people illegal. Uh, I think we need to stop calling people aliens, uh, because no one ever says alien in a nice way like ALF. Uh, <laughs> the word alien conveys an image of invasion and conquest, but I've known a lot of illegal immigrants in my life, and in my experience, they're not here to invade and conquer America. In my experience, they're here to clean up America's shit and make America's food while America sleeps. So if we have to talk about groups of people using metaphors, we should at least use an accurate metaphor. Not aliens. Elves. (laughs) How would it change the policy debate if we all said illegal elves? (laughs) So, and then, and then, like, there are all these people on the right who are like, we're losing our America. We need to get America back. What happened to America? And please, if you know any of those people, tell them from me. Uh, a left-wing Jew comic from San Francisco raised among gays, the Tarzan of gays, if you will. (laughs) I would like to say to them, fuck your America, and welcome to my America, which is awesome. Uh, We have gays and people of color and books. And (laughs) we say deviant, subversive things like, what do you think? And would you like some prosciutto ice cream with that? Because we have that in my American. It's delicious. Thanks a lot. I'm Nato Green. Hey. Hi, Sean. Hi, Nato. You guys were both hilarious. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We tried. So you were here We felt like we had to bring it for you. Yeah, you you brought some serious heat and shit. You know, shit and heat. Uh, We would feel pretty shitty if you came to our home venue. Yeah. (laughs) This is your home venue. And tell me about... You guys were here last night. Because it's Thursday now. Yes. We're recording this. So you are here every Wednesday night. Are you guys... Is it always... Uh, Yeah, last night was actually our fourth anniversary show. So it was kind of spectacular. And I know you had some other members that have since moved to other places. Yeah. Uh, which is why the L.A. ones right. started up, right? Yeah. yeah, Chris Thayer and Chris Garcia are former business people who started the Business L.A. with Beth Stelling and Sean O'Connor. And then other former business people, Alex Cole and Mike Drucker, both live in New York right now. Yeah. And uh, Sean and, and Beth and Chris Garcia have all been on our show. Oh, great. Okay. A lot of synergy. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Haven't had Thayer yet on, on yet, but I'm sure that'll happen. I mean, probably. He's, I mean, you know. he's insidious. He'll, yeah, yeah, he'll yeah. work his way in there. He's very <laughs> slender, so it's hard to shut a door on you, him. You might just find him on stage at some point. Yeah. So four years of doing this show, when did you guys become involved? Were um, you with it from the start? We're kind of the same class of San Francisco comics. Yes. So have been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Sean and Alex and Bucky and Chris started it four years ago. And I was like in the mix, but working on other things until more recently. Initially, it was just a place to get longer stage time. I think initially, Bucky was just going to rent out a storefront and just stand in it and talk. Like not a theater, not admission or seats, just him doing material once a week in a street corner and then Alex Cole was like that storefront sounds pretty good you got room for two and then we eventually decided maybe like a theater instead and chairs and four people although if Bucky had done that storefront thing he would be just legendary if he had been doing that for four years wasn't he talking about doing it like almost as a soup kitchen and like giving away free food and like some people just trying to get people to come there were a lot of ambitious ideas about it um but yeah, it was just a good place to um, try out stuff, like longer stuff, because 
you know, stories that were kind of too long to tell in a club or things that didn't have enough jokes in them and uh, or, or things that were still sad, things, things that were sad before they were funny. Yeah, that's a lot of that. But there's been a lot of great moments. And it's a good, we have a lot of people coming through town and Wednesday night's a really good night for people that are working a weekend at the clubs will often drop in. Come in the night before. Is Wednesday the first, no, Thursday is when you guys usually start your club here, club week here? Usually, yeah. Yeah, so they come here all night early and do this show and warm it up. That's such a great system to have a show like that, especially a show that kind of connects you with the local community. Because if it's something like San Francisco where you guys have a thriving comedy scene, if you're visiting, you're not necessarily going to know where to go or what to do or like how to meet the folks that are here. But that is like who you end up knowing for the rest of your comedy career. Oh, absolutely. It only gets smaller. You only meet more people and it only run into them over and over again, right? Yeah, and I think this is kind of a fun place because it's, you know, it's a theater that used to be a record store. Before that, it was the bar from 48 Hours that Eddie Murphy confronts all the rednecks in. Um, and now and it's so it's got a lot of history. It's a, it's a theater. It's also people, people live here, which is why there are cats and dogs around. If you go outside, there's like people, you can buy a bacon-wrapped hot dog on the street, you know? <laughs> well, that sounds yeah. like all of the magic of an alternative comedy room. Am I right? Bacon-wrapped hot dogs? people may be living there yeah. we're really hoping for an official talkeria sponsorship that's the next stage really like some people say like videos podcasts tv pitches we just really want uh, we just, we free just want a steady stream of alpastor yeah, that's i i think that's a fantastic idea and i hope to god that it happens as soon as possible for thank, you. thank you so much for being on the show you're welcome thanks, thanks for having thanks me thanks for having me at your home venue oh you're welcome anytime come back. Here, come back guys nato give it up for nato green one more time Check out his album, Rooftop Comedy. We have one final comic on the show tonight. He is also a member of the business. He also wrote a lot of books. This is what he's told me. He wrote a lot of books that you can find if you look him up on the internet. So you should do that because remember how Nato was talking about our dream world where you can read books? This guy even wrote some. You can live your dreams. Guys, one final comic so I know we can go ahead and lose our minds. Am I right? I know it's, I know it's, I know it's late on a Thursday. But I know you've got it fucking in you. Can you guys go crazy right now for me? Let's hear from Mr. Bucky Sinister. Give it up for Bucky. Come on! Hey, guys. Uh, I'm 43, uh, which means I am still young enough that I go to heavy metal concerts. Uh, but I am old enough where I need to find a place to sit. Um, <laughs> this past December, I went to see Lamb of God at the Warfield. Uh, it was awesome. And uh, a friend of mine asked me, he said, oh, my God, how, how was the show? And I said, eh, it started kind of late and uh, really loud. And uh, there's a lot of shoving, a lot of shoving. Uh, and, you know, I used to complain about, uh, I used to complain about the drinks at clubs, and now I complain about the earplugs. Uh, so I guess... Guess I got old somewhere. I, I kind of pin it down. I kind of pinned down getting old uh, to w- when I was uh, 37. I gotta sit down now. What the fuck? Why not? It's kind of like I'm about to start a one man show. Introspective stool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, when I was 37, I, I had uh, I, I, I had my 37th birthday, uh, $300 just to blow on whatever, and uh, well, I could kind of do anything with this, you know, I could. I could buy an eight ball of Coke and go to Reno. Or uh, I could tattoo Live Fast on my fingers. Or 
you know, I could pay two hookers to arm wrestle over who gets to blow me. And uh, what did I do? Uh, I bought a mattress topper. Uh, that's it. That's it. There, there goes Mr. Fun. There he goes. Really like, look out. Look out, San Francisco. I'm going to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm going to be so well rested tomorrow. Fuck y'all. Yeah, whatever. I It's... It's weird. I'm at that age where where my friends are either getting divorces or they're getting panic weddings, um, and, and you know a panic wedding where you know it's kind of like when, when you're going to a liquor store at like one fifty five and you're like fuck just anything, and, and uh, you, and that's kind of like how it goes. And it, it's all right though. It's just you know because relationships they just don't mean as much later on in life. I mean. You know, when I was like 18 or something, like every relationship was really intense. It was like life or death. And, you know, everything's like a third verse of a Bruce Springsteen song. You know what I mean? It's like, babe, everyone in this town hates you and everyone that hates me. But why don't you just get on the back of my motorcycle? We'll just ride on out of here, out of this little piece of shit town. And we're just going to go down the highway of life. And we're going to achieve all our hopes and dreams and aspirations. And if anyone gets in our way, we'll fuck them. Because it's you and me until the end of time. And now it's more like, I just want someone to find my body before the cats get to it. Um, I, I really don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy, you know, who, uh, the neighbors complain about the smell coming from down down the hall and then they just break their way in and find little Kinski and Herzog eating their way out. You know, I, just, I, I don't want that. I, I don't want that, you know. Which is the real, like, you know, there's a real argument in the cats versus dogs debate, you know, because a dog will wait, like, you know, four or five days before he starts on you. <laughs> Cats will eat you right away. That's the thing. Um, yeah, it's, I'm also at this age, too, now, like, where, like my, all my old drug friends have become foodies. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's like these same people used to complain about, like, what strain of weed they were getting or, like, man, I don't know if this cocaine, man, they said it was Peruvian, but I think it's Bolivian. I don't know. This is kind of bullshit. And, you know, complaining about their heroin, you know, like, is this, this China white? This, this is not fucking real China white, man. This is kind of stepped on with something here. And now they're all like, is, is this polenta free trade? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, this is definitely not Applewood smoked bacon. I think it's just regular bacon. It's not Applewood. I don't get that nice aftertaste of Applewood smoked bacon. I'm, I'm sending this cupcake back. This is bullshit. <laughs> you know. And, and, and it's just ridiculous. Some friends of mine started what they call a, a food adventure club, right? And this is our way of saying we're, we're, we're old and we still want to sound like we're having fun, and, and we're not. And so they said, hey, why don't you come along in this food adventure club? And I'm like, okay, what are you doing? He's like, well, we're going for coffee. I'm like, great, coffee. And they said, well, bring, your, bring cash because they don't take credit cards and coffee's $35. <laughs> Fuck you, why? Well, check this out, bro. In Indonesia, there's a weasel called a civet weasel, and it wanders all over Indonesia, swallowing these little coffee beans, and it passes through the weasel's digestive tract, and he craps them out, and then some poor asshole wanders around after the weasel, picking up these coffee beans, and he sells them back to the U.S. for 100 bucks a pop. I'm out. I'm not doing it. 
and it's not because I have anything against drinking something that came out of an asshole. Um, that's not the problem. I just think it should be cheaper. <laughs> that's the real deal. Uh, I mean, like, you know, really, like, what, what or, like, you know, could it be, uh, like, a, you know, like, I'm not going to pay extra for a, we- a weasel butthole. But maybe it was a really interesting butthole, right? Like, what if you walked into Phil's one day and they're like, hey, we have, uh, we have coffee. It's 35 bucks a day, but it passed through Scarlett Johansson's asshole like two hours ago. Like, okay, here's my wallet. It's about as close to her butthole as I'm going to get, really. Think about it. It's closest to my hopes and dreams are going to happen. Um, yeah, it, but I think the most obnoxious foodie place that did go away finally was right at the corner of 20th and Harrison. It was the, it was the Cafe Gratitude. <laughs> and, and I was so glad it went away. And Okay, for those of you who don't know, it was a, a raw food place. And I'm really cool with you if you want to like if you want to stop eating meat because you think it's bad for you, I'm cool. If, if you want to like stop using animal, animal products because you think it's like there's some kind of moral implication there, I respect that. But when you stop using fire, fuck off, really. Like that's, I, I can't, I can't abide. I, you know, I think when the vegans and the Wiccans are making fun of you, <laughs> should really look at your life. Um, and it, okay, look, it's not even really the raw food thing. That that's part of it. It's it's, it is not that like it took forever for them to get the food to you when they don't cook it. Um, you know, sometimes someone gets stoned right before a didgeridoo lesson and forgets where he puts the kale. Is that they turn everything into a series of, of, of self-affirming phrases. Like, you have to order and, and say, like, I am bountiful. I am expressive. I am joyous. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm broke. I'm hungry and I'm never coming back. But I thought it would be a perfect if they would just let me describe myself and then give me something appropriate. Like I could just say, I'm 43 years old, I'm a recovering drug addict and I can't maintain a long-term relationship. And then they would just slide me a bowl of Cheerios and a gun. I would take that. Thank you. Guys, Bucky Sinister, let him hear it. Well, San Francisco, that is our show. Let's hear it for all the comics you saw tonight. Ryan McMenamin, co-producer, Rhea Butcher, hilarious. I'm Cameron Esposito. Thank you so much for, for attending this show. Check out our podcast and see you guys soon. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.